Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Nerd Cave Retro is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Greetings, programs, and welcome back to the Nerd Cave Retro. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. And we have a guest this week. This is a, a guy who was on Pop Culture Palette not too long ago. And um, he is... He... He does quite a few podcasts that I listen to, and one of them's not around anymore, but I wish it was. But he does mm. comics coast to coast, film sack, and one that I wish would come back, and uh, maybe he'll take my advice and make that happen. It was called Final Score, which was one of my favorite video game podcasts. It's no longer around, so I'm going to keep poking you till it comes back. Right, Friggin right. Back. Video games for the rest of us. <laughs> Love that show. We had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I am Brian Dunaway. I do the, all the things you said I do. I do comics coast to coast where we talk about uh, web comics weekly. Uh, and we talk to syndicated cartoons, illustrators. We talk to uh, animators. It's a lot of fun. Uh, do that with Joel Duggan and, and Matthew Descharm. Also do Film Sack where we sack movies and talk about movies on Netflix. Uh, and do that with Scott Johnson, Brian Ibbett and randy jordan and all that podcast is a lot of fun i do miss like you said i do miss uh doing the final score of video game podcasting for the rest of us where we kind of did a, a general review on podcasting about games and arcade life and you just name it if it was game and life we were talking about it i did that with nicole spag and uh, scott johnson 
do miss that show. But I am still an old school gamer, which I hear is the topic of tonight's little show. Yes, it is. We love talking about retro gaming because you know what? We're a couple old guys, or at least I'm an old guy. Yeah. And uh, we, we like to I feel old. old. That counts. <laughs> but well, you know, I look old. Does that count as well? <laughs> I, I got my gaming start, with, of course, with the uh, the Atari 2600, like most normal people do, and uh, moved right, up from right. there. And uh, Nintendo is still my console of choice, the original NES. As as yeah. I've gotten older, I think my uh my most fond memories are of the GameCube. However, weirdly GameCube enough, GameCube was underrated. Right? I, I yeah, I, I respect that. No, the GameCube that was kind of the start of Nintendo's decline, in my opinion. But the GameCube had mm-hmm. some really good games for it. You had you know Rebel Strike. I thought Mario Sunshine was a great game. You had right. Wind Waker. Yo, Wind Waker. Ton yeah. of good games. Ton of good games for GameCube. Yeah, everybody was trying to get online, and Nintendo was like, "We're just going to make games." Yeah, look, yeah. we're still doing the. We're still we're. You're lucky we're going to do disc, even if they are stupid <laughs> mini discs that don't really go anywhere else. And well, they had Resident Evil Four also, which was one of my favorite Resident Evil games. I still one oh, of them. Yeah. I, number two is still my favorite, but I think Four was probably the best one. Right. Right. So much fun. Love that. I think my favorite game has got yeah. to be Luigi's Mansion. I don't know how many times I went through that game. <laughs> I I had it, but I never played it all that much. And then eventually, I, it was around the time that I was getting into, it was my transition from, I got a Nintendo 64 in the late 90s, and then I moved right. to GameCube, and I played it for maybe six months until I got an Xbox. And once I got the Xbox, it was kind of like buy my N- Nintendo for about it, about say fourteen years or so until I finally right. started to swing back towards Nintendo. Right. Yeah, I was the same way. Uh, I, I really, I really migrated to the Xbox. A little more serious, uh, hardcore gamer experience. Uh, you, you really, I was really playing a lot of first-person shooters during that time as well. Oh, well, Halo. But it was something. Yeah. Oh, Halo. Absolutely. It was, but it was great just to kind of fall back into that that Nintendo classic kind of feel of just just playing, just having yeah. a good time, just doing some gaming. It's uh, what Nintendo still does best, in my opinion. Exactly. They just make games, right? But let's just make talk, games. Let's go ahead and talk about a little bit of retro news because we have some NES news coming up. But the first one we've got is let's actually go and do our little retro news thing here. <laughs> This is an article on VentureBeat.com. Retro gaming emulators no longer permitted on Windows Store. Uh, you'll have to jump through a few more hoops to get old video games working on your PC. Microsoft's official App Store is now blocking support for programs that enable you to play ROMs for retro games on your PC. The company has updated the terms of its Windows Store, and it now ex- includes explicit language that prohibits the inclusion of emulators on any device. That means Windows Phone, Windows 10 PCs, and Xbox One consoles. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, no, I can't retro game on my Windows 10 phone, which I will never have. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, as a, as a uh, retro gamer uh, and a person who loves emulation, um, I'm, I'm disappointed. On the other hand, as a, uh, as, as, you know, a person with some common sense, duh, 
Microsoft want to do with the lawsuits. Yeah. Of course they I think, you know, the store, the Windows 10 store has been kind of it's kind of chugging along, but it really hasn't done what they really wanted to do or promised. And uh, you know, is this going to be another nail in the coffin of the App Store? I would yeah. say so probably. Right? Yeah, I mean, my only thought about this is it's not surprising. Right. And that's 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 really it's really about all I think of this this story, to be honest. The only things I really downloaded from the Windows App Store are uh, emulators and uh, illegal movie watching software. That's about <laughs> it. I, I, actually, I'm more of I'm pretty much integrated into the Apple universe, so I'm right. I don't really deal too much in the Windows universe, so it, this doesn't affect me one bit. Um, no one uses the Windows Store. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell <laughs> no. they do. No. no, they really don't. But this was a very interesting story as well. Lost Zelda screenshots reveal NES Classic was almost in first person with a dungeon select screen. And this comes to us from a very awesome website named technobuffalo.com. The Legend of Zelda is still a defining title to this day, and many fans point to it as the entry that was the most open in terms of letting players solve the world for themselves. For an 8-bit game that is over 30 years old, it still feels fresh in today's expanding market. But Nintendo might have rewritten the book on open-ended design, but recent discoveries show that this almost wasn't the game. The Hyrule Encyclopedia has uploaded a long-lost screenshot from before the game was released, and the early build shows a much different game. For one, it was a first-person exploration game, and the let's see. Still more importantly, the game offered a dungeon selection screen. Immediately, this tosses open world exploration out the door, turning this first person dungeon crawler into a segmented maze that doesn't even allow them to get out and find their way through the world on their own. Boo! Wow! <laughs> right. That's wow. A far cry, that's a far cry from the Zelda we know, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think. Uh, if they would have stayed with that first person build, it would have changed uh, gaming Ooh. exponentially. Right. Yeah, it it would I, definitely be a different landscape. Uh, I'm I'm glad, of course I'm glad they didn't. You know, even but I I don't mind the idea of a little bit of a of a change here and there because Zelda two right it was uh it was side scrolling so yeah. it mm-hmm. it kind of mixed up a little bit. Um, this is an interesting concept and an interesting idea and i'm glad somebody dug it up because i i, I love me some zelda lore it just kind of makes you think is that original build still on some hard drive somewhere deep in the right. bowels of <laughs> nintendo did it make it all the way through a through a first first run build or was it mostly just planning uh, oh, yes, um, it did. i spoken about his original build so yeah i guess it was a full build wasn't it yeah no it's it would have been very interesting to see this like i I would love to at least see it in action just to see what it's like. But, you know, I'm happy that Zelda is what it is now. And, you know, Brian, I don't know if you've played Breath of the Wild yet. Not yet. But it's so, so good. Like, right. I've, it, I've, heard, I've heard fantastic things. Yeah. Everybody loves it. I'm not going to lie. I haven't even beat the game yet. And I think it's my favorite Zelda game of all time. Right. Even better and, you know, than this Link is, to the Past. I I think so. Hmm. There's so much you can do. Like I'm at the point where I could fight Ganon if I want to, but there's so many more things to, to try and find and explore and everything that 
I'm really in no rush to go fight him. Hmm. It's just, it has so much replayability, and it's it's different enough from the past Zelda games, but it still has that feel to it. Like, it still feels like a Zelda game. Yeah. I don't know. That's it's, a, it's so good. That's a bold statement saying you like it better than Link to the Past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is that and you know, and Ocarina of Time is great too. You know, both of those games to me are the like the alpha of the Zelda series, and I I put Breath of the Wild right up there with them. Right, hmm. it's hard. I've never I've never met a Zelda game I did not at least enjoy myself a little bit. I would say probably was two was one that I did not enjoy. I mean, maybe I will now if I went back and right. played it, but I haven't played it since like. What what year did that come out? Like eighty nine? Oh, that's old school, baby. Yeah, something I, like that. I played it then, didn't like it. I think I traded traded it to one of my friends for like Punch Out or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I just <laughs> that's remember probably a good trade. I just remember hating that game so much when it came out. I was like, I wanted that original Zelda experience, and it was not right. that at all. That was a early on uh, disappointment of uh, of someone destroying your childhood, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. But Something let's go like ahead that. and um, we'll move into this month in video game history. Hey, that's me, right? Yes, so, nineteen eighty seven April, IBM launches the PS two line of computers, which introduces VGA VGA graphics. How were the graphics, as Scott Johnson would say, and 3.5 inch floppy drives to the PCs. This was the first time I had ever seen an HD 15 cable, uh, those little cables that have given me so many uh, troubles over the years. Um, <laughs> and VGA graphics, they they really, they it, it changed everything, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and looking at these computers, I, I'd never even seen one of these. Uh, it kind of has that look of what computers were going to be throughout the 90s. Right, right. We actually, uh, we did have one of these. Uh, my mom had one. We mostly just got on and uh, did bulletin boards and that kind of stuff uh, back in the day. But I don't remember playing too many video games on this. This was much more of a business machine. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I was playing more graphic wise. I was doing a lot more stuff on like the Commodore yeah. uh, 64 and, uh, and, and those types of the Tandy and, the, and those kind of guys. But uh, even the, what was it? The, the Apple two E mm -hmm. I used to love playing like pirates and things on that. So the graphics may have been better on here, but those crappy monochrome uh, screens, what does it matter? Well, we had the Apple twos at school, but at home I had a Commodore 64. Right. So that was where most of my gaming was spent. And not only that, but programming games back then. I don't know if you mm -hmm. remember those mm -hmm. books back in the day, Brian, but they would have those, uh, absolutely they program your own video games and you could program like hangman and stuff like that. And it would take yes. like hours and hours to program these things. And it was just like the most simplest little games. Right. The, and it, it was the, the programming it in was half the fun because it's like, Oh look, I got a magazine and I can get games and I don't even have to go buy anything. Uh, but you did have to put in the time mm -hmm. and it wasn't too bad because a lot of it was, you know, conditional statements, go to statements, but then you would get down to what's called the data blocks and you would literally type in pages of zeros and ones. <laughs> so it would start off with data and then you would, you would just go zero, one, zero, 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 one, zero, one. 
And man, you could mess that up in a hurry. <laughs> I just remember I tried to program some games uh, and I, I did really well with the shorter ones that, you know, that weren't pages and pages of, uh, right. you know, of, of programming lines you had to put in. But it, some of the simpler ones I did well with, but because you, I just knew like the longer I tried to go, like the longer the, the, the per the code I would have to put in, I would forget something in there. Oh, always so gonna get, always gonna break somewhere. Luckily, yeah. there was even even during that time, you would get a syntax error and it would give you the line number, and it was it would uh, it was usually pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, but that's where I, I I I still do programming to this day because of of that passion that was instilled in me of wanting to play a video game <laughs> on my Commodore sixty four and just digging in to make this thing do what you want it to do. You know, this generation has the Raspberry Pi, and I'm, I'm oh, curious yeah. how these kids are being affected and uh, how things will come up for them. Did you ever save your games to the uh, – did you ever have the little uh, – the the tape recorder <laughs> yes. with, the, that, where you put in actual, yeah. like, audio tape? Yeah, I had the, I had the tape. Um, as, as we know, magnetic tape is, is prone to errors and, and glitches and – Oh, that was so frustrating. I didn't have one uh, right away. Um, I didn't get one until probably maybe a year after I'd had my Commodore 64. So whenever I would program any games in, you'd just turn it off and the game would be gone. You had yeah. to start from scratch again the next time. Uh, but then when I did get the tape, I started recording the stuff. It's really weird, people. You just don't understand. I mean, you, you hit a re record and play button and it would start, you know, it would be on pause and then you would tell it to write to the disc and oh man right the the tape i guess it wasn't disc was it uh, but yeah those derek, were the days derek was born in 86 so he's probably right. just like what are you guys talking <laughs> those about? were the days that you didn't want to exist not seeing what you have now i mean then it was the most exciting thing ever but oh my god if i had to go back to that kind of thing there's no there's no nostalgia there other no. than you know sharing the stories of when i was a kid we back to, in my day back in my day i wouldn't call that nostalgia as much as ours yeah possibly yeah, yeah. and I, looking at photos of these two computer this computer though um this was very similar to what i used in elementary school like mm -hmm. playing um like educational games on it that would teach right. you like math and english and you know, I distinctly like I'm looking at a full set of the computer right now, and I distinctly remember the mouse, how like yes. it had the two giant buttons on the end of it. Good <laughs> those stuff. Non er those non-ergo mice that they had. Yeah. Yeah. Big square. They were nice. Oh, but I guarantee you that those mice probably still work today because those things were oh, built yeah. to last, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ball mice. I actually came across a ball mouse the other day. Somebody had one. I was like, you serious? Come on. Oh, I'm sure on, my mom man. still uses one. <laughs> what? Get out of here. Uh, in, in April of 1988, Namco releases Assault, which may be the first game to use hardware rotation of sprites and the background. What? Uh, what? what? And I am now, looking... This is a really old school looking yeah, uh, video game system. I'm looking at the, the the even the box art like I have no clue what this is whatsoever. Right now, see, this yeah, is '88. I mean, didn't we have like we in '88 we had games, you know, like Mortal Kombat. I mean, yeah. we certainly didn't need to play any of these military assault games, but this was kind of a this was kind of a throwback to uh, earlier games that you would have seen uh, during the '70s, right? At least that's the way it looks. 
Well, it says here it is the last Namco game that was licensed to Atari, even though their logo right. still appears on the Meja Stadium scoreboard in World Stadium 89, Kaima Kuban, and 90, whatever that means. Wow. That is some uh, words that I do not know. <laughs> the player yes, controls a right. futuristic tank attacking the surface forces of an, an alien environment. That actually sounds kind of fun. It does, but this is like one of those those gimmick kind of games. You know, it's like you you got stuff in the background. You got a couple of layers of screen. Maybe the the things in the background are doing really cool things, but really on the top is kind of almost a throwback to the first Pong games, like Mike Magnavox. When you used to get those Pong games, it was like, <laughs> oh, cool, fixing to play some computer graphics on the TV. Oh, here's your decal to stick on top of the TV so yeah. you'll know where the <laughs> collisions are supposed to be. Oh, this isn't a video those. game system. <laughs> <laughs> on April 21st, 1989, Nintendo of America introduces Enix's Dragon Warrior franchise to North America. I've personally never played a Dragon Warrior game. I have the first one. Really? I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've played any Dragon Warrior games either. Not on purpose. Uh, it's a little tough to get through. Um, I picked one right. up a couple of months ago, and um, wait, is this Dragon Quest or Dragon? Well, it's, yeah, Dragon Quest and Dragon thing. Warrior are the same thing. Okay, maybe I have to play this then. I mean, I know of the franchise, but it's just one of those that kind of passed me by. Yeah, right. Now well, they made like this. four of them, like up to Dragon Warrior Four, I believe. Yeah, and they got like Dragon Quest for the 3DS now or something. I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm Dragon Quest that. 11 for 2017. Jeez. That's crazy. Wow. Right? 13. Drop to 13. For Pete's sakes. <laughs> Stop already. Is this dragon done with his quest yet? Jeez. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm digging um, this. I feel like I've missed out on something. Oh, that actually looks really cool. All yeah. right. Guess I'll be exploring this later. Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest. No, no, closing, closing. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to take you on that oh, that's side okay. route. No, it's all good. And uh oh, see it also oh yeah. go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say there's another part to that too for nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, this one I'm actually very familiar with. Nintendo of America releases Super Mario Land on the Game Boy, introducing Princess Daisy to the Mario <laughs> series. I love Super Mario Land. It is one of the hardest Mario games that has ever been made. Right. But I love it. I spent many a road trip playing Super <laughs> Mario Land on the old, you know, gray brick Game Boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah this this, this one kind of passed me by. I didn't, yeah. I didn't play it so much. I yeah. saw it, but... Uh... I wasn't really into the into the grayscale uh, Game Boy stuff. I didn't no. really get into it until later, which I think it was like the the Game Boy SE or something. Mm -hmm. Clamp yeah, DSP. I, yeah, I had SP, one, sorry, but the SP. yeah, I, I didn't like it. I got a Game Boy back in the day, and I got the one with um, the Zelda game, and I just didn't like playing on that platform. Uh, I liked my regular nintendo plus i never went on road trips all that much as a kid so having a game boy was kind of a moot point <laughs> yeah no, that, the, that was go ahead i was just gonna say the mario land series uh is actually i think a little bit underrated 
you know, Mario Land 2 introduced Wario, and then Wario had his own spinoff with Super Mario Land 3, Mm. which to me, I think, is the best game of the three. Like, I I love, you know, I have uh, Wario Land, which is Super Mario Land 3 on my 3DS, and that's been the only one that I've gone back and played since I, you know, played it back in the day as a kid. Hmm. We can play this online right now. Mm -hmm. Not that I I would, (laughs) but I am. <laughs> Playing it online right now at player.org. Don't be using any emulators. You won't be able to. <laughs> oh, yeah. this, isn't a, this, is, this, this comes through a browser, so it can't be wrong, right? Yeah. yeah. That's, the, that's the rule, right? You, if you download an application, then it's wrong. If you do it through a browser, then it's oh so right. <laughs> this is actually pretty amazing for the limited color palette, which is no color at all, uh, just grayscale stuff. It's pretty impressive. I kind of hate that I missed out on this. Yeah, it was just too hard to look at without a backlight right. of some sort. Right. Was it that was the with this one? It was actually the backlight wasn't necessary because everything was the from the outside, right? Because it was just yeah. black and white. But then they kind of like the Amazon paper white Kindles kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I remember they had this little accessory for the Game yeah. Boy. It was like a little light that you would attach to the mm-hmm. top of it. Yeah. So you could play in the middle, so you could play at night in yeah. bed with the covers pulled over your head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. In 1993, times. in April, Virgin Games publishes The Seventh Guest, which becomes a killer app for CD-ROM drives. I've been waiting to get to this story because I loved The Seventh Guest. And also, what was the, uh, the was it the Eleventh Hour? Yeah, was yeah the right, sequel? right. And uh, yes. it was kind of like, uh, it was almost, it was the same kind of gameplay as Mist, Right. Just not as uh, grandiose, possibly. It yeah. was a little more of a, uh, it's more of an intense kind of movie puzzle kind of stuff. Well, that was the it cool was, thing it was, about it. It was that the atmosphere of that game was so cool because you were, you were trapped in this house. Um, you right. know, this old house and you were surround. you were basically, um, there was like, the, well, what, what exactly was the, you remember the, the storyline for it was like the, the guy that owned the house was a toy maker and, um, right. Some children were missing or something like that. Someone was murdered because they right. had a party at the house and you're going through the house and you're seeing kind of like ghosts of right. a different little cutscenes of what happened that night. Like you would go into the kitchen and you would see like these ghosts playing out a scenario of what happened that night. And then you had to solve a puzzle to get through that room. Right. That, that was the thing. That was the trick about CD-ROM games. They, they were more immersive than anything we had seen up until that point, because you were able to uh, render, you know, these, these, these cutscenes that made you feel, like you're actually part of the game, yeah. And uh, that they 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 use this to to great effect in the seventh guest. Well, it was live and, actors uh, too, and that was what was cool yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yep. I'm trying to remember some of the actors that were in it because it was it was definitely uh, some interesting. I I played it once for uh, that that podcast I talked about earlier, the final score. I believe I p- played this for um, one of our old school picks because I think uh, Trilo Bite was doing. Yeah. Uh, Another sequel or something? Not not the eleventh hour. They were doing something. Yeah, I remember that. It never more happened. More recent, did it? didn't it? it? Yeah, there, there was a it was a Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, from like 2012 or 13 or something, and it was supposed to be like a a third installment 
of of this seventh guest series. Um, oh yeah, I'm here now. Uh, yeah, it failed to meet its funding target of four hundred and thirty-five thousand. Uh, I wonder how much it ended up doing. Uh, but 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 they did go ahead with a smaller goal of sixty-five thousand to build the first story, of the haunted mansion, but also failed to reach the goal. So, guess this money wasn't there. Yeah, I, well, it's one of those games that if you played it and you knew about it, you're a, a huge fan right. of it, but it wasn't very mainstream. Right, right. Yeah, because I've never heard of it. You can I've actually get it on Steam right now. I actually have it in yeah. my Steam library. I just, I never, I haven't gone back to play it again. I think Trilobite might have sent us a, a, a Steam copy as well. I haven't played it in a while. Also, but I also actually have the CD-ROM here somewhere. I still have because it somewhere I'm, too. I think it's at my mom's house somewhere, probably buried in the attic somewhere. <laughs> right, that along with Police Quest. I remember that too. A, yeah. 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 Good times. Wow. Good. Gaming all in the nineties. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, now they seem so. They seem so antiquated now. But it yeah. was. It was truly. Uh, I mean, some of the largest gaming experiences I had was was the CD-ROM type of multimedia games. It was taking it to another level. It, it was finally kind of reaching the point that we saw uh, in the arcade with uh, Dragon's Lair. Oh, yeah. Uh, where they used, yeah, they had like Laserdisc in those arcade cabinets, were, which is just big CDs, essentially, for those who don't know. Uh, and you would have all these these great, you know, cut scenes of animation, fully rendered animation. Uh, I think... Was it uh, Don Bluth did did the uh, mm -hmm. animation for that? And yeah. uh, uh, just amazing stuff that was really immersive. It well, was something I, that we had never seen before. Yeah, you, know, you know, kids now like take for granted the you know graphics and stuff that uh, you know you can do now, which is pretty much just like the sky's the limit. But right. ba you know, back in the '90s, you go from like I did. You, I went from Nintendo to Super Nintendo, and then I got a computer. And I mm -hmm. bought Seventh Guest like when it came out because you know I got my first real computer in like 1993. Right. I was in tenth grade, and Seventh Guest was one of the first games I bought for it, and it was mind blowing. Right at the time, because they were no longer you know consoles were kind of kind of derivative of what was going on with the arcade. The arcade was very successful, and then you know you had to like derivative into the consoles, and they were kind of trying to pave their own path, but, you know, also kind of riding the coattails of the arcade. And of course, then PCs come along and you had this whole different, larger experiences and that all fed back into consoles. And we still have that big battle. Even today, it's like, I'm a PC gamer and I'm a console gamer. Bleh. I think, I think the line is so blurred now, especially it really with, is. with it really what is. I'm hearing. Because PCs, the consoles are just... Well, yeah, PCs I mean, at this point. you know, what I'm Pretty hearing much. about the new Xbox um, that's going to be announced at E3, the Project Scorpio, is right. it's some, got some horsepower under the hood that's probably going to make a lot of PC gamers sit up and take notice. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah, it's gonna be, that's going to be some exciting stuff for sure. So we'll see. We'll see what happens when that comes out because... Uh, you know, uh, you know, PlayStation and Xbox One are kind of in a, a race to, you know, who's going to one up each other, each console generation. And, you know, I'm really interested to see what's going to be happening in the next five to 10 years um, with consoles, because everybody, you know, everybody's got an opinion about whether or not they think consoles are actually going to go away. 
I don't think that's the case. I think we're always going to have consoles, but what they're going to be capable of, I think they're going to turn more into uh, a not just a gaming machine, but more of a, a computer model. Right, right. And of yeah. course, it eventually will fade away as we we source our servers through, you know, through the outside instead of being rendered locally in your home, rendered somewhere else. Yeah. They've tried that model, but we just weren't ready for that yet. Well, I but, think they uh, should start making consoles upgradable as well, you know? Right, right. Because there's no, there's no profit in the console itself for any of these companies. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's really in the, you know, the, the reselling of the licensing to have game developers put their games on that console. So, yeah, I don't understand the non-upgradability unless it's just to cut cost as much as possible because there's such a slim margin yeah, well, of, I mean, uh, to be able to get into that. If they made them more like PCs, you could use PC components to upgrade, you know? Yeah. We're such a throwaway, yeah, throwaway like society in, at this know, point, though. Put in new graphics cards, you know, like P- that's that's one thing that uh, draws people to PC gaming is that they can upgrade very easily like consoles like you break that thing open and you're more than likely going to break it (laughs) right yeah of course that that opens up the whole argument of well if you do that then the developers have to be able to develop for the amd chips and the you know the nvidia chips and there's valid arguments on all those sides but i i'm with you i like the i like the uh the, the the customized choice of of choosing my own uh you know video game system on a pc oh yeah yeah i I think that's what people really want is they want to be able to you know twist things and create things into what they want so i think it's the natural way to go right and if these if if the raspberry pi kind of model you know kind of that model of uh small dedicated machines could uh further develop you know, into the into the gaming field, oh, yeah. uh, and it's more serious gaming instead of just the casual gaming. I don't know if it ever will, but yeah, it's a possibility. Well, it's going to be an interesting couple of years to see what's going to happen. So, right, know. right. Yeah, I'm excited. Nerds. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> but you know what doesn't need to Nerds. be upgraded? You know what is always good, and it, 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 you know you never have to upgrade these things. They're called books. You kids read books, books. anymore? I don't look at those things. They may, they give me the allergies. <laughs> well, tell us about books, Derek. So for you, the listeners of the Nerd Cave Retro podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And as Jason mentioned earlier, they have over 180,000 titles to choose from. That's quite a lot of books. They have anything from, you know, if you're a gamer, they have books from Gears of War, Mass Effect, Halo. If you're a Star Wars fan, they have a ton of Star Wars books. They have autobiographies, mysteries, romance, any genre for any fan they have. And it's really easy to sign up. And if you're always on the go like I am, audiobooks are the way to go because you still get to read while not technically reading and that's the best thing about it, in my opinion. <laughs> so to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook. All right. Well, let's go into our review for the week.
such simple music for simpler times. It's mm-hmm, Donkey mm-hmm. Kong Classics for the NES, which I got a couple of months ago. Actually, I think it was last year I picked it up and um, I played a little bit the last few weeks. And um, well, if anybody doesn't know, Donkey Kong is a series of video games featuring the adventures of an ape-like character called Donkey Kong, conceived by Shigeru Miyamoto in 1981. Uh, this is where actually Mario comes from. He plays a, a character called Jumpman, who his uh, motivation in the game is to <laughs> go up a building to save the princess from Donkey Kong, who later becomes a good guy. Um, <laughs> but you get no, she's not a princess and... at this point, is she? Because it's like, uh, what's her what's her name? It's it's not. Uh, Pauline Peach is yes, Pauline. So is this his girlfriend, right? Yeah. Yes. What happened to Pauline? Isn't that the rub? (laughs) What What happened to Pauline? Is is he? Did he step out on Pauline to get with Princess Peach? Uh, Yeah, that's what happened. She hasn't been seen in a long, long time. Right. Well, you know, this guy's. Yeah. You know, what can you say? Yeah. (laughs) She's probably she's probably in one of those barrels. Is is just what I'm (laughs) suggesting. So a, a so we're at a construct so all right so besides the fact that you got these neon pink uh, uh, girders uh, and that that Donkey Kong uh, smashes down. By the way, he doesn't do it in in this uh, Donkey Kong Classics from the NES. He doesn't arcade, but he you know when he first comes out and he and he jumps and he knocks each of the the rafters down like mm-hmm. at an angle, the little the beams. But in the NES classic version, he doesn't do that, does he? At least I didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Um, and you know, I and that's disappointing. Yeah. Well, the original Donkey Kong that I have, which I still have, is for the uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and it was my favorite right. game to play for that system. Right. Right. The the arcade, I played it a lot at the arcade, and uh, there was a lot of nuances on these ports that uh, from the Atari to the NES. And a couple of things that are nitpicking for me about the NES version. So they like balloons. They don't look like hammers at all. And, yeah. you know, there's no Donkey Kong jumping. But other than that, you it, get the basic gist of the game. Looks like You're a lollipop, a guy. not a hammer. Right. It does like a lollipop. Like, I got one. <laughs> but uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's, so he's, he's making his way up to Donkey Kong up these series of ladders, broken ladders. You have to, you always made the mistake of accidentally climbing up and then getting hit in the head with a barrel. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of the all-time classics for me, and I can always just pop back in and and play it and be frustrated within 15 minutes and quit yeah, again. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened to me, um, especially with Donkey right. Kong Jr. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, I loved this game so much when I was a kid, but it does not hold my attention as an adult. Right. I think, no, I, like tough. you said, I maybe gave it 15 minutes before I was just like, uh, where's Ninja Gaiden? <laughs> you know? Right, right. It's a very it's simple just, game. Yeah, you, there's uh... not much to it. It's, you know, if you, what's actually more interesting than actually playing Donkey Kong is to watch the documentary uh, King of Kong, if you've never seen yes. that. Oh, it's so Great good. Oh, that was such a good documentary. Um but I think it's you can actually get it on. Uh, I watched it on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's on there anymore, but I'm almost positive it's on Amazon Prime right now. Right, right. It should be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but then I've. I, it, oh, what were you saying? Guy, Sorry. No, 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 no. I was gonna say that guy was insane. 
Oh yeah, there's no way yeah. I could have that sort of concentration to play this game. <laughs> like you'd have to be on some serious like Adderall or something to be able to do that. Right. Um, but I, also, I revisited. I revisited this before we uh, did the show because I was like, "Oh, we're going to do this in Donkey Kong." I said, "I think that's on my uh, NES Classic yes. Edition Mini that mm-hmm. I just uh, that, I, that I was fortunate enough to pick up this past year." And uh, it's not it's not the bundle like you would get. Uh, if you bought the cartridge for the NES, but it, the, you have both of them. You have uh, uh, Donkey Kong Jr. and Donkey Kong. By the way, Donkey Kong Jr. is just a is just a flip of the story because yeah. suddenly suddenly uh, Mario is is the <laughs> jerk and he's got Donkey Kong Senior in a cage and as Donkey Kong Jr. is supposed to uh, try to come in and 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 save dear old dad. Now is that the one? Is that the one where? Um, Donkey Kong Jr. has the uh, the bug sprayer. No, or, or actually, it, I, I'm thinking. I thought that was on this cartridge, but it was right. not. Um, that was actually, I think, Donkey Kong Three, wasn't it? Might that is correct. Been. Yes. Right. Well, that, because, that one um, I actually enjoyed. And actually, we're we're doing a, a Donkey Kong block because last week, um, well, we did uh, Donkey Kong. Uh, what was it when you did uh, Donkey Kong Country um, a couple Ooh, yes, months ago? And then times. he did Donkey Kong Country 2 last week. So I decided to do Donkey Kong Classics for NES. And um, let me tell you, I'd much rather be playing Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, that's some, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's but, a little bit more to it. It's, yeah. It, yeah. Well, a little Donkey, bit more replayability, too. Yeah. And right. Donkey Kong Country 2, I don't know if you played any of it, Brian, but... It's hard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're all hard. I remember them being extremely hard, though. Because I, I thought I was going to jump on this thing and be like I was when I was like six <laughs> years old and just be able to blast through at least like 20 levels. Uh-uh. Right. I, I, I don't have it anymore, man. <laughs> Too you old. You got it, man. <laughs> now, is that y'all, y'all did country uh, two or three? Uh, did one two. and two. We did two last two. week. Right, yeah, two right. was last week. One I reviewed like very early in in the show's you know creation or whatever you want to call it. I'll interview right. three or review three at some point, but I'll say three was probably it was my least favorite of the three. I think because it didn't really change that much from one and two, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, they need to move on to something else. Right now, the was it two? Was that I'm trying to remember if one had also the ability, but you could you uh, switch players. You, you could, could like do that. You could do that in one. characters. Okay, you can do it in one too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I kept thinking that was a second one thing, but I guess it wasn't. What's interesting about the the original Donkey Kong arcade? I don't know if you guys ever played Donkey Kong sixty four. Yes, Mm-mm. but one Love of my sixty four versions. One of my favorite little aspects of that game is you have to go to this factory level, and in this factory is an arcade machine, and you have to play it. And it's the old Donkey Kong arcade game. Right. And you have to beat it in order to get one of the golden bananas. And I just thought that was just a really <laughs> awesome throwback. <laughs> that is a lot of fun. And that one was with the one, uh, oh, is that with the old monkey in it? Is that, am I remembering that correct? The kind of the that. senior monkey who kind of guide you along? Or am I getting Wrinkly that Kong? confused with? Was it Wrinkly Kong? Yeah, like yeah. Old, man, old Man Kong. <laughs> yeah, Cranky Kong was Cranky actually Kong. the way they portray him is he's the original Donkey Kong you see in the old arcade game, and then his right, son right. is the current Donkey Kong. But he was one of the funnier characters in that whole franchise. Right. 
Now, I'd mentioned at the top of the show that the GameCube was one of my, probably one of my most fondest memories of any of my consoles, but 64 was right there on its heels. I mean, the Nintendo 64, 64 was, was great fun. too. Yeah, almost everything they had because they, they brought all their their heavy hitters and they made 64 versions of them and they were all a lot of fun. Oh yeah, you had Mario 64, Ocarina yeah. of Time, Majora's Mask, Banjo Kazooie. Yep. So many great games for N64. Absolutely. You know, and the cartridges so, so did, good. and the cartridges worked. I don't think I ever had a blown one. Just oh yeah. They still work. right in. <laughs> and you know they uh, they actually used Donkey Kong as the basis for uh, Wreck It Ralph. And um, right. I always wonder why they didn't just do a straight Donkey Kong movie instead of and have it be Wreck-It Ralph, but have it be Donkey Kong. Right. That's a good question. Uh, yeah. Probably Disney and Nintendo just didn't want to work together. Right. Inter- interesting story. I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a um, a Donkey Kong cartoon. Oh, yes. Yes. It was a, it was like a CG animated cartoon. I think it was yes. just called like, was it Donkey Kong Country or was it Donkey Kong something else? I want to say that you was using the country as 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 well, if I remember correctly. Let's see. You know, there was a Pac-Man. There's been several Pac-Man uh, uh, animated cartoons. I, I prefer the old 80s. Oh, yeah. 80s one. That was always my favorite. I still every once in a while I'll watch the uh, I'll watch the Christmas special ones. I remember I'm watching I remember watching that at my grandparents' fishing camp when I was like five or six. Right. Like I guess they had re-aired it or something, but I remember watching a Pac-Man Christmas special like on TV. Uh, but that. yeah, the <laughs> they did use the Donkey Kong Country name for the TV series. Right, right. Was it but that was was that really early on kind of uh CG stuff, wasn't it? Uh trying to remember what it looked like now. Let's see. It first, it, it first aired in '96 in France, and oui, then, ha ha ha, it was uh, aired on Fox from '98 to '99. Right. Wow. Yeah, I remember I this. Remember yeah, this was that old. This was that early on, 3D stuff where everything kind of looked like. I don't know how to explain it. Oh, like, do you guys remember this? The Donkey Konga series. Ooh, oh, no. I love Donkey Konga. It was the first game in the Donkey Konga series. It was released oh, wait, for the GameCube yes. in 2004. A musical rhythm action game relied upon right. use of the DK Bongos accessory. I yes. forgot all about this till I just saw this. Oh, those curious. games were so much fun. I'm curious how many of those con- those bongos they made because you still see those all the time. I hardly ever see the game. But just about any place I go that has video games, old stuff, there's always at least one set of those bongos in there. Did you I know might there actually a... still have mine at my parents' house. Did you know there oh, was a you... Donkey Kong hockey game? There was Why? a hockey game? Developed Why? by Nintendo R&D1 and released in 1985 <laughs> as part of the Game & Watch Micro Versus series. The game features one LCD screen and two attached control pads. The hockey features Donkey Kong as one of the players and Mario as the other. Poor old Donkey Kong and Mario. That was <laughs> Nintendo's always dragging them out for some crossover. Yeah. Sporting event. I still like the Mario Golf though, I gotta say. Oh, was tennis 64? was fun too. Yeah, tennis was fun. Was it the sixty four that was that was so darn 
interesting or good. Yeah, they had they had golf and tennis for uh for the sixty four. Right. Both were good. Both yeah, were so really good. The crap out of yeah, that's the one it was. Yeah, I played the crap out of that. The only golf game Mario I've tennis ever was the was... game that introduced Waluigi. What? Mm-hmm. That was where he made his debut. <laughs> Waluigi. The only I'm uh, gonna win. the only now, golf ever game played? I ever played was the black box golf game. No, oh, yeah, Nintendo. yeah, nice. That's a good game though. PlayStation had some interesting golf games as well. Uh, what was it? Uh, Hot Shots Golf. It was mm-hmm. pretty fun. It was kind of a little, it was a little more silly because I, I didn't really like to play the the serious golf ones, but I liked playing like the the Hot Shots and Mario Golf and that kind of stuff. Did you guys ever play the uh, Diddy Kong Racing, the kart racing? Oh, great game! Yeah, that was great a good. Game. That was good times. That was a. There were a lot of games that you know borrow that Mario Kart formula right but but Diddy Kong was one of those that you know it it's this the gameplay is similar but it's different enough to where it's still fun and it was one of the few that I could get to work on an emulator at the time remember that as well <laughs> I, well, I remember for... always I remember always having such a pain with the N64 emulators like SNES yeah. and NES worked fine but 64 you'd be lucky if you could find one or two yeah, that would actually yeah. work well, you'd have to, to you know, it's kind of hard to do those games without that controller. Yeah. Right. But and actually, I, picked up, uh, I was looking at this, and, uh, you know, we were talking about Wreck-It Ralph, and it says the original arcade iteration of Donkey Kong is the main antagonist of the 2015 film Pixels, which I've never seen. Yeah, I forgot about this. That's true. That's a good point. <clears throat> Maybe that's what was tied up in litigation. It's Maybe. like, no, we can't do it here. Got to do it there. Like, no, we'd rather put Donkey Kong in an Adam Sandler movie. Uh, yeah, right, right. Adam why? Sandler's got this locked up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got that. He he got that Happy Gilmore money. That's yeah. right. Oh, but, um, but when it comes no, to this game, like it's it looks pleasing on the shelf because of, you know the the box art and the colors and everything. But as far as a recommendation, I mean, as a rating, I'm going to have to go with like a six out of ten. Right. Yeah. This is it's it's fun for like like we said earlier, it's fun for about 15 minutes. You can pick up this uh, cartridge. Uh, I saw it earlier online for about twenty five dollars on eBay. Yeah. <clears throat> and you wouldn't get twenty five dollars no. worth of fun out of it. Probably you can <laughs> you can play it online. Uh, in a browser on a lot of places they, there's a lot of uh, NES browser emulation uh, allows you to play his games online the legality of it I don't know but I would probably spend you know a couple of minutes googling that and getting your uh, Donkey Kong fix before I would uh, yeah. go out making a real effort if you come across a copy at like a flea market or something pretty right. cheap I would right. pick it up but I would definitely not pay more than like six seven bucks for, for <laughs> no. this the first, game the first level really i mean i remember playing in the arcade and just being absolutely flustered uh trying to get past that first level and rarely getting past the second level in in donkey kong uh in, in the nintendo version i could still feel that stress uh the music and the and the these the sound is some of the uh, most important parts of creating that stress but really when you just calm down uh, the first, you just, it's real easy going, getting past that first level. It's just, you can just zip past it. Well, it's a lot Not easier a to play too with a joystick. Like I actually, oh, gosh. 
Yeah, I had you know, a much. I actually played this with my NES Advantage. Um, right. I I don't think I would enjoy it at all trying to play this with a Nintendo <laughs> Not- controller. You would think 90 angle, uh, you know, 90 degree angle type turns would be perfect for a joystick. But, you know, these these analog joysticks that that we had were, man, trying to, you know, walk up, walk up. You come across and you try to take that turn and you just miss every time. And then you'd get to turn back around by that time. A barrel's on top of your head. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. If you're a completionist and you want to have it part of your collection. Pick it up, you know, but if you're just a, you know, average, like just play for fun type of person, I was lucky enough to get this as a birthday present last year. So I didn't pay anything for it. (laughs) So, you know, I got 15 minutes of joy out of it as a birthday present, which is pretty good, I guess. But I would not pay, you know, these are actually pretty expensive. I, I ran across a copy of this at, uh, our local retro game sh- shop. And I think they wanted like 45, 50 bucks for it. Right. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it looks good on the shelf. Yeah. You're, if you're, if you're getting it, you're paying for shelf value. Yeah. I mean, to be able to put it on your shelf and go look at that. Look what I have. I have Donkey Kong suck it. Yeah. Now, this... didn't they have like a, wasn't this one of the ones they did in those little mini Namco arcade things? I would like to have one of those. You no know talking about those little. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mini um, tabletop arcade things. The, the ones that you get uh, like uh, Rite Aid and you just kind of plug right, it in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my wife got me one of those. It was a, a, an old school um, Atari controller and it had like six or seven games built in. And of course, it had like right. Pac-Man, uh, Missile Command, Centipede. Um, and that was kind of the same as this. I got about right. 15 minutes of joy out of it. And then I was just like, meh. It's going in the drawer. <laughs> Time to move on. I'll tell you what's been a pretty good investment, though. Too bad you can't get them, and too bad their Nintendo's pretty much cutting the cord on it, as well as these NES Classic Editions. Uh, it's a it's a nice little interface and experience, and uh, it tucks nicely away behind my, my TV, where I can hide it, even though I shouldn't, because it's so cute, so darn cute. Yeah, I got a message the other day from one of our listeners that uh, there was one available in the Ocean Springs GameStop, but nice. I don't have any extra money because I owe taxes. Mm. <laughs> oh, the taxes. He's doing the finger with the taxes. He's doing the fingers. It means the taxes. Yeah, so um, yeah. hopefully I'll be lucky in the next couple of weeks when I actually have an extra 60 bucks to throw around. They'll, ha- they'll still right. have them. Wow, look at this. These things are going for big bucks. Sears has these little uh, Namco, the original Pac-Man arcade classics collection, five video plug and play. Jeez, those things have suddenly shot up in price. One hundred and thirty three dollars. What? I don't think so. Dude, you can go down to Rite Aid, get one for like 10 right. bucks right now. Suckers. <laughs> and they've got Suckers. all those like they can get like the, the Sega Genesis uh, uh, emulator and like all that stuff down there. ColecoVision. Right. This is sold by a third party. Is Sears even a real place anymore? Can I don't you? No, we still have one. I don't think yeah, anybody's ever been in there. Yeah, there's one not too far from where I live. Interesting. These but, are all uh, third party sellers on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> what you gonna do? Well, we're coming up on the yeah. end of the show, and uh, and Donkey Kong, uh, I give it like not a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but kind of a sideways thumb. 
<laughs> I give it a couple of barrels. Yeah. Your head. I give it two out of four barrels. Mm. But uh, but Brian, Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show this week, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It was fun. So tell Thank everybody again where they can find you online and all your all your oh, cool stuff you're doing. Sure enough, you can follow me on Twitter at the Brian Dunaway. Uh, you can also go to my website, BrianDunaway.com. Uh, usually, I post things on there, such as film sack show notes, where I take copious amounts of of stupid ideas I have about <laughs> movies we review. Uh, and put them into my little show notes and then write uh, what we call show openers and uh, usually is something odd and weird. Uh, so if you're into that kind of thing, head on over to BrianDunaway.com. Fantastic. And Derek, anything else you want to uh, speak about before we get out of here? Um, Just that, um, you know, the Derek Diamond Experience, my other show, will be back uh, this Tuesday. And this weekend, I will be going to Star Wars Celebration yes. in Orlando as a member of the media. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully I'll get some fun interviews that you guys will hear um, over the next couple of weeks. And you're know, really excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to show the, the first trailer for The Last Jedi there, uh, having all kinds of cool panels. So, you know, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, I'm really excited for it. So... Um, if you want to follow uh, the Derek Diamond Experience on Facebook, I'll be doing multiple Facebook Live updates throughout the week. So if you want to keep up with the news, definitely do that. You are one lucky man. You know that? I'll be honest. Like, I, I'm shocked that I even got the chance to do it because I even, like, I applied to it and I'm like, there's no way in hell I'll get it. <laughs> and then I get an email. It's like, oh, you've been accepted. Wait, what? Really? That's awesome. Well, I got so a lot it's, of it's friends gonna that fun. are gonna gonna be over there this weekend. So uh and Wally's gonna be down there too, but he's not gonna be at celebration. He's gonna be at Disney World. Wally. Oh, nice. And, Good stuff. Uh, yeah, they're actually doing a they're doing a Star Wars special there. Uh they're having like I guess like a Star Wars theme night at Hollywood Studios because it's celebration and the convention center is like ten or fifteen minutes from Disney, so we're we're thinking about maybe going over there for a night, you know, after the con's over. Maybe y'all should beat up. Yeah, yeah. I'll um uh, I'll I'll have to message him and see what he's up to. But Brian, I will be in contact with you about making another appearance on the Pop Culture Palette because I think it's due for your second appearance. And mm -hmm. um, if anybody would been like what? to, like two three years, what? Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been about it's two been a years. While. Um, because uh, that's just because I'm bad at <laughs> trying to eh. book people. <laughs> oh, please. We're the same way on Comics Coast to Coast. Sometimes we'll go you know, a couple years, we'll have a great guest, and then we'll say, we'll have you back on the show. And then three years later, oh, it's, we better do it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, shit. It's been, it's yeah. like 2012. <laughs> it's been a while. But uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. So, oops, that's the wrong button. <laughs> One of these days, I'll get this, uh, this thing right. But you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to our own website at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro. And you can follow us individually at jfunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. And we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. So Derek, tell them what it's all about. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yes. <laughs>
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.